to Building Stronger Creatives, a fitness podcast for musicians, artists, nerds, and former misfits. I'm a former out-of-shape professional musician turned personal trainer and nutrition coach to hundreds of clients, and I'll give you no-nonsense information about what it really takes to get and stay fit within the context of a creative life. Here, you'll find practical advice on strength and endurance training, sane and simple nutrition, habit building, and time management tools to help you make lifestyle changes that actually stick. Most fitness coaches have no clue what it really means to be a creative, whether you're a professional or a passionate hobbyist. I'm different. I've been where you are, and I share your values. Let me show you how you can use the gym to build a kick-ass creative life. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Building Stronger Creatives. Before I get into the meat of today's episode, I just have one quick announcement slash reminder. I decided to postpone the launch of my Sane and Simple Nutrition Group Coaching Program. Originally, I was going to launch it in February, but I decided to do a revamp of the curriculum, which I've been working on and I'm super excited about. This was already a really great program, in my opinion, but I feel like it was uh, had some potential to be a little bit better, a little bit more helpful, and more geared toward the real food and nutrition issues that I see people actually struggling with. And that's actually what we're going to talk about in today's episode. So I wanted to go beyond just giving good nutrition information and share more about strategies for things like overeating and eating on the go, things like that. And I already had some of that stuff in the program, but I wanted it to be a lot more robust, and that is the shift that the curriculum has made. So we're still going to introduce my six-piece system to help you focus on the things that really matter when it comes to nutrition, but we're going to introduce it a little bit more quickly, and then we're going to move on and have entire weeks where we talk about things like overeating and emotional eating, eating at restaurants, eating on the go, and how to plan for success. So I am now going to launch the program later this spring. So I picked the dates because I wanted it to end before Memorial Day weekend. I have a tradition of going to Detroit over Memorial Day, and I think it's also just a great transition from spring to summer. So I am going to start the program six weeks before then, which is Monday, April 10th. Now, if you are interested in this program, you can join the waitlist right now. I will post the link in the show notes, or if you follow me on Instagram, which is just at Caroline Juster, there is a link in my bio that will take you to the waitlist as well. Now, the waitlist is going to get you early access, so I will cap this group if membership or enrollment, excuse me, gets too high because I want it to be intimate and, and a safe group. I don't want it to be a massive group. So the waitlist is going to get first access and they're also going to get a little bit of a discount. So there's no pressure. If you join the waitlist, you do not have to join the course. But if you are at all interested, I would strongly encourage you to join. So you get that information and you get access to the discount if you do decide to enroll. So again, I've been revamping the curriculum. I'm super excited. I know this is going to be one of the most helpful, most comprehensive, if not the most helpful and comprehensive nutrition program out there for musicians and creative people. So if you have a weight loss goal, if you want to learn to eat in a way that makes you actually feel good so that you have more energy, so you feel good in your body, and if you want to learn how to actually maintain changes for life, which is one of the biggest issues with most diets and nutrition programs is they don't teach you that stuff, all of that is included in Sane and Simple Nutrition. So again, it's going to start Monday, April 10th, but you can join the waitlist right now using the link in the show notes. So 
I want to spend today talking a little bit about overeating. Overeating is probably one of, if not the biggest obstacles to people making changes to either their body or their food habits. It's one thing to know, okay, I should quote unquote eat vegetables, I should eat protein, I should not eat certain foods, like whatever food rules you might have in your head. It's another thing to actually consistently implement and make changes and not fall into the trap of overeating or even binge eating. And this is one of the biggest obstacles that people face. So maybe we have good intentions, we have a plan, we have some idea of what we want to change, but we keep running into this problem, which is overeating in some capacity. So today I want to talk about this problem because I think that a lot of times we think, okay, I'm just going to have more willpower. I'm just going to want it more. I'm just going to be more disciplined and that's going to fix the problem. And that is not the correct approach, or at least it's not the most helpful approach. Maybe a very small percentage of the population can willpower their way into beating overeating, but especially if you're someone who, like me, or like I used to be, has struggled with overeating for a really long time, more willpower is probably not what you need. You need some combination of the things I'm going to talk about today. You might need um, more of a biological-based approach. I'm going to explain what all this means. You might need more of an emotional approach, um, maybe even more of a spiritual approach, and you might need some extra help. Now, I'm going to cover all that in the episode, but I just want to start it off by saying that I know what it feels like to struggle with overeating, emotional eating, and binge eating. This was a problem that I dealt with daily for years and years and years. I know what it feels like to constantly let yourself down and feel shitty about that, to make promises that this is the diet or this is the week that I'm finally going to get my shit together and not follow through. I know the complicated set of emotions that come along with like anticipating a binge or an overeating episode. You feel that sense of excitement, that sense of relief, but then afterwards you are just swimming in guilt and shame and unpleasant physical sensations. I know what it feels like to get trapped in that cycle and be concerned or worried that there's no way out for you. So let me just say that there is absolutely a way out. It may not be easy. In fact, it probably won't be an easy fix, especially if you're really deep into this cycle, but it's absolutely possible to make the changes that you want to make. So I'm going to present you today with a few questions to consider. If you're someone who's struggling with overeating, whether that's overeating on the weekends, nighttime overeating, excessive snacking, or something as serious as binge eating, I want you to ask yourself these questions. Now, not everybody is going to, let me back up, not all of these questions will be relevant to every overeater, but I want you to kind of run down them in order, ask them, and then consider what changes might I be able to make based on my answers to this question. So the first question is, are you eating enough food? Now, this is going to feel a little counterintuitive, especially to people who are really trapped in this overeating cycle. The cycle typically looks like eat a lot, feel shitty, vow to make a change, start off the week or a few weeks, whatever, following a strict diet, eating really healthy, um, not eating very much early in the day, you know, all these kinds of things to restrict our intake, and then eventually getting to a breaking point where we fall off the wagon. On a more micro level, this looks like people who wake up don't eat a lot, either because they're not hungry or they feel like they're not supposed to eat breakfast or some other reason. 
and they don't eat a lot during the day because maybe they're really busy with work, they're distracted, and then when they get home, they're famished and they're in the pantry or the fridge all night long. So let me start there. If that sounds familiar to you, one of the most helpful things you can do to combat overeating is to eat meals at a regular interval. This means waking up and eating breakfast. It means eating lunch. This is super important for people who are really busy during the day. You absolutely need to make time to have some kind of a lunch. And of course, having dinner. Now, depending on your appetite and your activity levels and your schedule, it might also mean having one or two scheduled snacks, maybe a morning snack and or an afternoon snack. When we are constantly overeating at night and we're also under eating during the day, this is a pretty clear sign that our body just needs more food. It is it makes perfect sense that if you're famished all day long, by the time you get home, you're finally relaxing, you're in your own space, that you are going to be eating a lot. So even if you're not that hungry or you're not used to eating, if you struggle with nighttime overeating, I strongly encourage you to eat at least three meals and to make yourself eat at a regular interval every single day. It seems counterintuitive because you think, oh, like if I just eat fewer calories, like then I'll be able to lose weight. But you can't really win this battle against your body where you're trying to force yourself to eat less. Eventually, your body's going to kind of override your decision making and it's going to send you right into the pantry or the fridge. So again, make sure that you're eating, make sure you're eating lunch, especially, okay? And don't just eat like a protein bar. Okay, that's fine for a snack, but when we're talking about eating regular meals, we want to eat meals that are going to be nourishing and provide us with energy and satisfy us. So ideally, we're going to have some kind of a protein source, maybe some fruits and vegetables, maybe a little bit of carbs and fats, but like an actual meal that you sit down to eat. That is going to help tremendously with nighttime overeating. So the next thing that I want you to think about is, are you restricting too much? Now, I kind of started talking about this in the last question, so I want to talk about this a little bit more. A lot of times when we are trying to beat overeating, we think we're going to just override our cravings and our impulses. We're going to give up sweets, for example. We're going to give up carbs. We are going to give out going out, give up, excuse me, going out with our friends on the weekends. We're basically going to give up all of the things that we think are making us overeat. Now, a lot of times this happens because we think that we're addicted to sugar or carbs or something like that. And so we put these foods on a pedestal and we tell ourselves, you cannot eat this food. Eating this food is bad. It's going to make you gain weight. If you eat this food, you're 100% guaranteed to go spiraling into a binge. And we tell ourselves these stories about these foods and it actually makes the whole situation worse. You might have heard this idea of like the white elephant where or maybe it's a pink elephant. I don't remember. But if somebody tells you, like, don't think about a pink elephant or a white elephant, don't think about it. What are you thinking about? That elephant is in your head, right? It's impossible not to think about it. So if you tell yourselves, like, don't think about sugar, don't eat sugar, don't eat carbs, don't eat pizza, don't drink any alcohol, and you know, whatever it might be, you're going to spend a lot of time thinking about that food daydreaming daydreaming about it, ruminating about it, wondering like, when am I going to be able to eat this food? And it just encourages this sense of craving or an inability to control yourself around the food. So what I suggest is 
backing away from restriction, whether that's restriction of certain foods, like blanket removing food groups or certain foods, or whether that's telling yourself, like, I'm going to follow a really hardcore restrictive diet, like I mentioned earlier. If overeating, ending overeating is our goal, we have to take a more big picture approach. This cycle doesn't work. And the longer you stay stuck in it, the worse it gets. And it can develop into some serious consequences, including disordered eating and eating disorders, which is what happened to me. So instead, what we need to do is we need to kind of remove these arbitrary rules around food. Now, if you have a food allergy, you've been to a doctor, you've been tested, you know you can't eat gluten, for example, that's not what I'm talking about. But if you don't have a food intolerance and you are just afraid of carbs or dairy because somebody on the internet told you that they're bad, you don't have any issues with that food, but you think that, oh my gosh, I shouldn't be eating it. We want to get away from that kind of stuff. And we also want to get away from totally removing certain food groups. Because let's be honest, it's really unrealistic to think that you're never going to eat sugar or carbs or pizza or whatever it is again in your life. And so what are we really practicing? Let's say you are able to successfully cut out carbs for three months. Then what? Are you really going to live your whole life without eating carbs? Of course not. And so you haven't practiced any skills that are going to allow you to eat a moderate amount of carbs and you don't have any self-awareness to know, okay, which foods work for me and which foods don't make me feel very good? How can I practice eating a reasonable amount of these things so that I'm not white knuckling it, but I also not making myself feel like shit. You haven't practiced any of those skills and you don't have any of that knowledge. So it makes perfect sense that if you end your period of uh, restriction or you hit your goal weight or whatever, that you would gain the weight back or you would go back to your old habits because you've only practiced one extreme or the other. So what I encourage you to do is to just start getting curious. First of all, what foods and what types of eating make me feel good? And what makes me feel gross? We're going to revisit that question later, but I just want to put it in your head. What makes me feel good? And what makes me feel gross? I want you to resist the urge to remove entire food groups from your diet. I want you instead to consider what can I eat more of that's going to help me feel good? And how can I practice eating some of these more treat foods or more indulgent foods on a small scale? Now, when you're just starting out, you might need to set some guardrails in place. So, for example, let's say you have trouble keeping chocolate in the house. You're constantly mindlessly eating and going back to it, whatever. So maybe you take the chocolate out of the house, but you don't tell yourself, I'm not going to eat any chocolate. When you have a chocolate craving, you're going to sit with it. Maybe you're going to give yourself a little bit of space to do something else, see if it goes away. And if not, you're going to go out and buy a single serving of ice cream or chocolate or whatever, and you're going to eat it and enjoy it and move on with your life. So now you've made it a little bit more difficult to indulge the craving. You've created space for maybe more mindful action, but you're not telling yourself, I can't have that food. That food is bad. And you're also practicing eating a small amount and then moving on with your life. Now, if this is a totally foreign concept to you, you might have some slip ups initially. You might eat more than you want, but I want you to keep at it because honestly, what is the alternative? The alternative is being afraid of lots of foods and not having any skills eating them in a normal way where you're not going way off the rails or making yourself feel like shit. So again, if you are someone who is 
or has tried to follow a lot of restrictive diets where you're either removing certain foods, you're telling yourself you can't have certain foods, you can't handle them, or you're like really restricting your intake, eating very few calories, not eating regular meals. Like I want you to back away from that. Try to practice a little bit more of a moderate approach, focusing on foods that make you feel good. And when it comes to these treat foods, I want you to practice eating them in small amounts on a regular basis. So we're going to shift a little bit into more of like the emotional, mental, spiritual side of overeating. Now, I want you to ask yourself, am I using food to cope with life? Okay. Am I using food to help me feel less alone, to help me feel less bored, to dull my anxiety? And if you are, I mean, there are other examples as well. I want you then to take it a step further and consider where and when did I learn this behavior? Because behavior is all learned and behavior serves a purpose. And this is a really important concept that I want you to sit with. I think a lot of times we we think, okay, I have this bad habit, quote unquote, this habit I want to change is not helping me. I'm bad. Like, why am I doing this? I'm stupid. I'm incompetent. I'm a failure. Like, I don't care about myself or my health or whatever. And I think it's important to understand that all of these behaviors that we have developed, they served a purpose at one point or another. So for many people, food is something that they learned from a very young age. Perhaps it was taught to them, you know, indirectly in their family that food is a source of comfort. If I'm struggling with something that's big and scary, I can go to food and that's going to help me feel more safe whether that's because I've dulled the emotion or I'm feeling good or in the short term, things like that. So this behavior of using food to cope with stresses of life, with negative emotions, whatever it might be, it served a purpose in your life at one point or another. Now, that might be hard to believe, but it's the truth. At some point in your life, food was the thing. If this is something that you do, using food to cope with emotions, at some point in your life, food was the thing that helped you you know, be safe and be okay. A lot of people that struggle with overeating and binge eating especially had some sort of adverse childhood experience. So some sort of trauma, something negative or difficult or unsafe that they were dealing with growing up. And food is ubiquitous, right? It's everywhere. We all have to eat. And it's honestly very effective at helping us get short-term relief in these situations. So it may seem counterintuitive, but sometimes it's helpful to marvel at how effective our brains are at keeping us safe and keeping us alive. Because a lot of people um, have dealt with a lot of shit in their life and food can be really helpful. So if this is something that you struggle with, and I'm not, so some people will find that their overeating might be fixed just by some of the stuff I mentioned earlier, eating more regular meals, making sure they're not restricted. But if you think that it goes deeper, then this is probably relevant to you. So thank your brain (laughs) for doing its best to keep you safe understand that at some point this behavior was helpful to you and now you're at a point where it's no longer helpful or the negatives are outweighing the positives. So it doesn't come from nowhere and it's not necessarily something that you can just willpower your way out of, okay? Because the need to feel safe, whether that's physical safety or psychological safety, is a fundamental human need. So this behavior helped you feel safe in one way or another, but now the consequences are outweighing that. So how do we move through this? It's really important to build your emotional awareness around food. 
So I listed some examples earlier, but let's say that you are uncomfortable with boredom and you're always eating when you're bored to fill the space. If you can identify that, then now we have some ideas for ways to move forward. How can I improve my capacity to just sit still or be bored or not have a bunch of shit going on? This is something that I struggle with personally. I have ADHD and I get really uncomfortable when there's nothing going on. So sometimes I would eat just to fill the space. So now I understand what role this overeating behavior is playing in my life and I can try to experiment. Now, Let's say that when you get really anxious, you eat because the dopamine that is released when you're eating junk food or whatever it might be, dulls the pain of the anxiety. Okay, well, if I just have more willpower, that's not going to improve my ability to deal with my anxiety or to confront it. So there's like a a second layer of awareness that we need to build when it comes to overeating related to emotions or stress or difficult life situations. One of the tools that's most helpful here is journaling. Now, I remember that when I was first like confronting my binge eating, trying to fix it, which by the way, was a process that took me years and years to do. Now, granted, I had a pretty serious problem and yours hopefully is not like mine, but I just want to put that in perspective. I had a coach who told me when you have a binge, you need to sit down and journal, you know, what were you thinking and feeling? What were you doing leading up to the binge? And I sort of wrote him off, uh, no pun intended. I was like, I already know like what's going on before I binge. I don't need to do this journaling. But the reality was that when I actually stopped and went went through with the practice, there were so many things that I wasn't realizing. I was not connecting the dots between certain triggers, feelings, situations that were leading to a binge. And so when I actually started to take the time, as painful as it was, to review the lead up to the binge... I started to get a lot more clues as to my emotional state and what was actually triggering the binge. And that information was very helpful to me because I thought that I knew it and understood it. Actually, I think sometimes I would even say, oh, it just comes out of the blue. Like I just have these cravings, this urge to binge and like it just comes out of nowhere. But that was 100% false. There were plenty of chains common chains that were happening that were leading to those binges and I needed to take the time to identify them in order to start to work through them. So one of the things that I really suggest is that you start to have a journaling practice of your own if you're struggling with overeating. So basically what this would look like is you could think about right before the binge, maybe the day that you're binging, and I'm saying binge, but it could even just be like an overeating episode that you don't feel great about. Maybe even a few days leading up to it. Write down, you know, what was going on in your life, what were you feeling, and what were you thinking? And just start to keep track of that without judgment And then you'll have a lot of data eventually that you can go back and start to dig deeper in. So again, overeating, using food to cope with difficult emotions, it is a behavior that we develop because it worked for us at some point in our life. We deal with a lot of hard shit and food is a comfort the same way that for other people, maybe alcohol and drugs or internet shopping or whatever it might be is a comfort. Food just happens to be the thing for a lot of people. And it's not helpful to beat ourselves up for it because a lot of times like that was the behavior that really kept us safe and kept us alive, quite honestly. So acknowledge that, acknowledge that it's no longer serving you. And so we need to figure out like what thing is it preventing me from feeling or engaging with and how can I engage with that away from food? 
And that takes me to the next question. One of the most important things that you need to consider if you want to beat overeating and beat binge eating is, do I have sources of joy and connection and engagement in my life away from food? Do I have sources of joy, connection and engagement, relaxation as well in my life away from food? If food is filling an emotional need or it's soothing you or helping you cope, you can't expect that you can just take away the food and get on with your life. Because again, speaking of fundamental human needs, we need to feel safe. We need joy. We need connection and we need to rest and recharge. So if food is the only thing in your life that's filling that role, you're going to have a really fucking hard time moving forward from overeating if you just get rid of the food because you need something else in that place. Now, this is a really difficult conversation for a lot of people. I work with a lot of people that are really busy and I'm thinking more of like older clients that I have that have struggled. So they're farther into their careers. They might have families. They have lots of life concerns. Perhaps their parents are getting older and they're taking care of them. There's so much on their plate. And a lot of times they've been going through their life a certain way for decades. And when I ask them, like, what do you do for fun? Like, how do you relax? you know, what are your hobbies? A lot of times they don't know what to say. Now, I know what this feels like because when I first started going to therapy for my binge eating um, years ago, this was something that my therapist asked me and I was like, hobbies? Like, I, I don't have any hobbies. I don't have anything I like to do. And it was difficult. Like, I didn't know how to relax. I remember messaging two of my best friends and I was like, guys, this is like a weird, embarrassing question, but what do you do to just relax and unwind? Because I didn't know how to do that. I was so high strung and going at a million miles an hour all the time. And I was, you know, it was taking a toll on me. So again, you need other things in your life that are going to help you fill this void that food is filling. So this is where the journaling and the self-reflection can be really helpful because if I understand like, okay, the reason that I'm eating is because I'm really anxious and stressed. Okay, now I know I need stuff to help me relax or unwind or de-stress. If I'm eating because I'm lonely and food is like a comfort to me, okay, what I probably need is more connection, more engagement in my life, more time with loved ones, more friends, that sort of thing. So the exact thing that fills a void is going to vary a lot depending on you know what the issue actually is. But there has to be something there. There has to be something there that's not food. We all need connection with other people. We need hobbies or other stuff that we do away from work or responsibilities that lights us up. We need time to relax and unwind. And we need to feel like we are not spinning out of control. And there are a lot of ways to approach this. Uh, a lot of the stuff that's traditionally marketed as self-care. So taking time to take care of your body, getting enough sleep, you know, eating well, um, reading, having hobbies, like I mentioned, spending time with friends, like calling your parents or family members, spending time outside, like meditation, massage, uh, prayer. If you're a religious person, there are so many ways that you could fill this gap, but you have to have something there. So if you are someone who's just working 24-7 and then dealing with responsibilities and there's nothing fun or joyous in your life and you're overeating, you're just going to have a hell of a time. So I know it sometimes feels like you're, I don't know, cheating or like you should just be working all the time, but that's not a way to live and it's not a way to work through food issues. So 
if you are lacking these things in your life, this is your permission and your encouragement to have more fun, have more relaxation, and have more connection away from food. The final question that I want to pose to you is one that I mentioned earlier, and that is at a certain point, we have to decide, do I want to feel good or do I want to feel gross? Put another way, is what I'm getting from overeating worth the way that it's making me feel? Because this behavior is serving a purpose, even if it's causing problems for us, we are still getting something out of it if we're engaging in it. And this is difficult to admit. So for me, for example, continuing to binge and overeat, it gave me like a sense of release, like disconnecting from life and not having to think or worry about any of my problems. And it was a really powerful, like over, it would wash over me. Like I felt numbed out and I, I felt like I didn't care about anything that was bothering me. I felt like I went to another world. Okay. And that's what I was getting out of it at the end before I started making serious changes. And I went to that place th- like probably thousands, if not honestly, tens of thousands of times. Like I had so many binges, so many overeating episodes. And every time I would feel terrible after. I would feel physically terrible. I would feel sick. I would feel nauseous. I would have no energy. And then I would feel a terrible sense of guilt and shame and disgust. And honestly, for a long time, I continued to go to that place, even in spite of all of those negative physical and emotional feelings, because the sense of relief and disconnection that I was getting was worth it to me. And that's difficult to admit. But eventually, I realized that eating, food, binging, those things, they didn't actually solve the problem that I was using them for anymore. And it wasn't no longer worth it to me to engage in those behaviors because the way I felt after was so bad. You can think of it as scales. Like at one point, let's say on the left side, we have binging and on the right side, we have not binging. And the left side was constantly being weighted heavier because I just needed that emotional release. I needed that numbness, whatever. And then at a certain point, I couldn't tolerate that anymore. And wanting to feel good in my body, wanting to feel like I was in my integrity, keeping my promises to myself and doing what I said I was going to do became much more heavily weighted. And so then that really was important in my growth and my healing because I still continued to get urges to binge and overeat. But something had clicked in my brain. Again, not right away. This literally took years years of making the opposite decision, but it clicked in my brain that I feel like shit right now, but eating isn't actually going to help me feel any better. In fact, it's going to make me feel worse. And so I'm not going to engage in the behavior. So ask yourself, is what I'm getting from overeating or from binging or whatever the behavior might be, is it worth how it's making me feel? And if it is, that's okay. You have all the time that you need to work through it. I know it doesn't feel that way, but we're kind of all on our own journeys here. If it's not, you have to decide that I'm going to make different choices around food and it's not worth it anymore. I need to take another approach, which could include all of the other things we talked about in this call, which is getting more in touch with what's actually going on, filling that void in some other way, making sure that you're eating nourishing food and you're not creating like crazy restrictive food rules and schedules that are making it harder not to overeat. So I hope this was helpful. I just want to summarize real quick. If you are struggling with overeating or binge eating uh, or some sort of related behavior, first of all, understand that that behavior is either happening because of some sort of physiological need for nourishment, in which case you need to eat regular meals and you need to make sure you're not restricting. 
and or it's happening because food is helping you meet an emotional need. It's helping you feel safe or it did at some point. And if we want to fix the second part of the problem, we have to get more in touch with what's going on on an emotional level and we have to fill that void in some other way in our life that doesn't involve food. Ultimately, nobody can make you change. I tried everything external to fix my overeating and I strongly encourage you, by the way, if you have a problem that's really difficult to go to therapy, go to recovery groups, like those types of things were really helpful for me. But in the end, you have to decide that this isn't working for me anymore and I don't want to feel this way. And so I'm going to address my issues and I'm going to figure out how to move forward in a way that doesn't involve overeating. So if this was helpful to you, I would love if you would leave a rating or review or share the episode with someone else you think could benefit. I always appreciate that stuff. It helps me get the word out to other creative people who could benefit from the information that I share on this podcast. If you are interested in going deeper into nutrition and weight loss and like a sustainable approach to those things with me, I would love for you to join me in the next round of Sane and Simple Nutrition, which is a six-week group coaching program. I have a wait list going, so if you want to save a little bit of money when you sign up, you can join that right now. I'm going to post the link in the show notes. I uh, also want to just give a quick announcement that next week we will have another guest. I just recorded the episode today, actually, uh, as I'm recording this current podcast, and I talked to Dr. Hannah Murray, who uh, is one of the owners of Corsinor, and we talked a lot about a holistic approach to wellness for musicians, and it was a really cool conversation, so I'm really excited for that as well. So that is coming next week, and in the meantime, thank you so much for listening, and have a great rest of your week. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Building Stronger Creatives. If something you heard resonated with you, I would love for you to share this episode with someone else who might enjoy it. I also always appreciate comments, ratings, and reviews. These things help me get the word out to other creatives who could benefit from this type of information. See you back on the next episode. Until then, stay curious, stay passionate, and stay strong. Oh, 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 oh,